Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Firing Synapses. This is a show all about exploration. I want to learn what makes you, you. This includes your hobbies, passions, whatever else drives an emotion. However, if you want to come on just to vent about what's currently bothering you, I'm perfectly fine with that as well. My goal for this show is for you to have a good time, learn something, and have the opportunity to talk about what you normally would not get a chance to share with others. Thank you and enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. For those return listeners, I thank you very much. I appreciate all the love. For those of you who are new to this endeavor, I am your host, Matt. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a topic that may be uncomfortable for some people. But as a man of science and someone who is always thirsty for knowledge, I must go on with the show. On today's episode, I am joined by the host of Dungeons & Chill podcast. Please, everyone, welcome back to the show, David. Hi, David. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back. Yes, I'm glad you could come back um, and talk about today's topic. Um, So for for those of you who are new to the show, you may remember David from the Dungeons & Dragons uh, episode. But today we're not talking about D&D. David, if you wouldn't mind, would you please tell the people why you're on today's show? Uh, We are going to be talking about alternate relationship styles, specifically polyamory. Right. So before we go into this, I just want to make a disclaimer that um, I am a a white man, white male from a small place in the country. So if I say anything that seems hurtful or um, uh, unknowledgeable, it's just ignorance. I'm not trying to be uh, judgmental. I'm not trying to be hurtful. It's just I. Plain sign- simply ignorance. I don't, because I don't know. I'm not trying to offend or hurt anybody. So for David and for everybody else, that's, uh, like I said, I don't mean to be sound that way, but I am trying to learn and um, see what's out there. So like when uh, I was looking for people, I, I want to put in a way that didn't seem to like put you down. So I put alternative in quotes, make sure <laughs> you understand that uh like i said i am not judgmental um i guess i would be part of uh, like the plus in the lgbtqai plus community um i am definitely not against uh any alternative or however you want to put it relationships um what you do behind closed doors is your own business so who am i to say that's wrong or what my way is right. I don't even know my, you know, if some people might consider my way the standard way a, a male and a female get together. But uh, like I said, I'm trying to open up the door to knowledge, see what else is out there, what makes other people happy. Sure, sure. Uh, as uh, the the plus is is to be inclusive of everyone else who might not be in the standard. Um, not everyone wants to say LGBTQIA+, so sometimes they'll just abbreviate it to LGBTQ uh, and then plus. So you are you are being an ally in these situations. And um, 
to 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 add on to that, I am also a white man. Um, I am I am semi straight. Uh, yeah, as as strange as that is, I don't necessarily have bisexual feelings, but it's like, yeah, that, that guy's attractive. Let's, I don't know, let's let's flirt a little. Let's see see where this goes. Um, and I am a polyamorous kinkster. So um, kink is part of my life. So is polyamory. Uh, more polyamory than than kink. Um, so it's uh no, I think I think by opening up a conversation and like saying like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some mistakes here and I'm gonna sound real dumb is the only way that we can learn. Um, as we were saying before we record, you're going to fall before you learn how to walk, really. So um, by taking the initiative and allowing yourself room to make er error uh, is perfect. And even as as we're talking, my experiences are not going to be universal. And there are probably going to be some people who live a non-monogamous lifestyle who think what I'm doing is different and probably wouldn't do it the same way that I have done it. Now, just as a clarification, can you define, or at least in your terms, what uh, poly uh, polyamorous means to you, and if it differs from the standard? I hate saying standard because it sounds like that's the only way to be, but like mm -hmm. the general terms of what people would consider uh, polyamorous or anything of that nature. Um, so usually polyamory is kind of a, a, um, a term for engaging in, in multiple romantic and uh, physical relationships with the consent of every single person in, in the group. So um, let's, let's use the example of me, my wife, and uh, their, their partner. Um, all three of us know the situation that we're in. Um, so a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I'm just polyamorous. And then they have like uh, someone they're they're having an affair with. That's not polyamory. That's being a douche. Um, but uh, so for me, it, it's very similarly. Um, I I specifically have the best way that I've described it is: Do you love your your si one sibling more than the other? Well, of course you do. But you still love them both, right? Like your brother is going to be like maybe a little bit closer to you than your sister is, but you love them both. Um, it, I find that it's almost ridiculous to think that you are only going to be destined to love one person for the rest of your life. Um, and that just never made any sense to me. Um, I, I still have feelings for even my exes granted, like those feelings have changed, but they're, they're nostalgic feelings of like, oh, I remember those good times. Right. Um, and being allowed to have those feelings and being allowed to explore feelings with new people is what makes polyamory uh, for me and for, well, not, yeah, just for me, not even for my partner, for my wife. Um, they experience polyamory as, as something slightly different. And I don't, I don't want to put words in their mouth and define it for them. So Now, um, am I allowed to say what state you're from? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the great state of Utah. So... Now in Utah, I, like I said, I'm not I'm not familiar with all your the laws and stuff. But is how is that accepted in the state of Utah? Is that frowned upon? Is it accepted? Is it kind of uh, don't ask, don't tell type of thing? I mean, how's sure. it's it's complex um, because there are the members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, otherwise known as the Mormons. Um, and they had uh, polygamy, which is slightly different uh, from polyamory, where polygamy is usually one person 
in multiple relationships that they that those other partners are not allowed to uh, seek outside romantic or physical uh, relationships. So Joseph Smith being the the standard uh, kind of example that you can use as a polygamist, marrying a bunch of women, and those women's uh, those women were only allowed to have a relationship with him exclusively. Um, because of that, uh, Utah was actually not allowed to be a state in the in the nation and recognized as a state until they dropped the the polygamy thing during the Civil War era. So they dropped it. They moved on. Um, there are still factions of uh, polygamy. They're like subsections of the LDS church that they don't recognize. I think they call themselves FLDS. Um, and it, there was even a law, and it was exclusively for um, if you are a man having a relationship outside of your marriage, you can go to jail. If you are a woman having a relationship outside of your marriage, you're fine. Uh, there was I, I, I don't I don't know what that was about. Uh, that actually got overturned fairly recently. I think like earlier this year, maybe late last year. Um, but it, yeah, it's still kind of frowned upon. And because of the fact that this is a very religious area, um, it's not, <laughs> a lot of people don't want to talk about it publicly because uh, Utah is also a right to work state. And if they don't like what you're doing, they'll, they'll just send you, send you out through the door. Now, you mentioned your wife. So I'm assuming uh, you and a female got married in some type of a church, whether, you know, Catholic or whatever. Um, now, what about the, I don't know how many people, there's one or, or many, are, how, do, how do they work into the situation? Do they live with you? Do, they, do you live with them? They, are they just there and then say, hey, it's Tuesday, it's our normal Tuesday activities that, mm -hmm. you know, how does that like work in your particular situation? So in my particular situation, uh, my wife and I live together. Um, the term that can be used is called nesting partners. Um, oftentimes that just the term is we're living together and we claim the benefits that that, that comes with, um, splitting rent, uh, utilities and, and, and whatnot. Um, in in my situation, you, I will have date nights scheduled with my other partners, exclusively nights with those people. And maybe I'll spend the night there. Maybe they'll spend the night uh, at my place, and vice versa with my with my wife. They will go out and marry, uh, uh, have a date night with their person, um, spend the night there, spend the night uh, here, uh, and we just try to give each other space. Um, like, all right, hey, I'm I'm going to be in the basement area. I'll. I'll I'll be spending time uh, on my date with this person. Great. I will be upstairs staying out of your hair. Um, that's, again, like I said, it, it's not exclusively that. There are some people who live with uh, more than one partner. There was a time where my wife and I did live with a partner we were both simultaneously invested with. Um, and then over time, just like any relationship, it, it ended and, and they moved out. Now, when you go on these uh, these dates, either you or your wife, um, is it something that, like, is there somebody who initiates it? It's like, hey, I, I find this person attractive. I want to go out with a date with them. Do you agree? Um, and then once that happens, you bring in the, the third person and say, all right, my wife and I are in this type of situation. Uh, this is what you're getting into. Or do you like to have more of an, an an anonymous partner? You say, "Well, I'm going to go out with person Z uh, mm -hmm. on 
you know, Wednesday. Uh, just so you know that I'm going to be out with them. If you're interested or looking for me, that's where I'll be. Um, there are people who do it do it that way. Um, I personally, um, I don't find that effective. I find that um, in the environment of trying to keep secret. Um, when it's just like I'm, you know, I'm going to go have an anonymous encounter. There, there's no problem with that, and as long as the dialogue of that's the expectation that's what i'm going to do with my partner that's totally fine um and there and there are people who like who want to have a um a relationship check to see like hey is this going to be a good partner but i think for the most healthy ones it's treated like any other relationship that you you would want to pursue if there is a person you would like to date um then you just start pursuing that person and you let your other partners know. Um, there is, you know, when I started dating one of my exes, I actively kept my my wife in mind and said, hey, I'm going to be spending time with this person. Um, I'm feeling romantically uh, interested in this, this person. I have a huge crush on this person. I want to spend more time with this person. This is really great. Um, and uh, it, it never came down to like, well, I need to meet them. It was a, I, I want you to be happy. Go support that person. When my wife meets new people, it's again, treated the same way. Go have fun. Um, go have dates. Come back. Tell me everything uh, that you want to tell me. Um, the, the, the major thing that, that we might need to cover is what happens with sex um, because STIs are a, a big concern. Um, you can be as aware with your risks as, as you can be, but you still need to make sure that everyone, part of the polyamory is, everyone's consenting so you need to know like okay did you wear barriers did you not wear barriers um and um that that's like the most most that i require is like hey if you guys had sex i don't care some days like yeah tell me all the raunchy dirty details that sounds like fun that's you know inspiring for me to want to you know be active with you um but most of the time it's just you wear a condom no yes all right, cool. Moving on. You know, it just, then it helps me keep my risk uh, in, in check. I mean, that was kind of my next question about intimacy. Um, is that a, I don't want to say guaranteed, but is that open for most of your, uh, your, your other your kind of outside partners? Is it accepted? Is it, you know, part of the, part of the the situation where you know it could happen uh or i mean is it like i plan to be intimate with this person do you uh sue or let's say your wife's name is sue whatever sue sure. do you agree with this uh yes i do okay then we can go ahead or no i don't and then it just stops there i mean is that kind of how i mean how's that type of thing work with you and sue <laughs> uh so in this case so let's in the early time, early excuse me. In the early practice of polyamory between my wife and I, we'll say continue using Sue. Um, between Sue and I, we would then have to figure out what what our boundaries were. What were we comfortable with? Um, maybe I wasn't comfortable hearing about it, and at the same time, it's not my body. Um, if Sue wants to go and sleep with another person, um, my body is also not Sue's body. So. They can't tell me what to do with my body. And if I want to go and sleep with this person, that's still within my control. But if they're not feeling comfortable with it, then you know that might be responsibility and consequences I have to take later on. 
but then it comes to more of an emotional responsibility. And then also, you know, hey, let's let's wait, do the waiting period, get tested, get tested again, just to make sure. Um, but um, in early stages of, of polyamorous relationships, there's a lot of that envy and, and jealousy feelings. So you can uh, have those conversations. I, at this point in time, if my partners are going to have sex with somebody else, just like have fun and be safe. That's really all that I can ask. I also want to say like, this is none of this is happening right now because of COVID-19. Like my, I have not gone on a date uh, physically in a quite some time, uh, probably since like February this year, uh, nor has my partner. So like putting that out there. Now you, you talk about being tested for, uh, you know, STIs and whatnot. Um, is that something that is mandatory before you decide to be intimate? You say, well, whoever is involved has to take a test to say that we're clean. We, even though we're going to use protection or whatever, we still want to go through testing to make sure I'm clean, you're clean. So we don't mm -hmm. spread things. Uh, is that something that's agreed upon or just kind of like general good everyday practice that, um, I haven't been with this person in a while. So let me make sure we're everybody's safe. Um, I, I personally, I feel more comfortable that, with that. Um, before I think my last relationship started, um, we had a, 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 just a frank conversation of like, when was the last time that you got STI tested? What were the results? Um, we try and stay away from terms like clean, um, be, and as effective as they are, it can become across as degrading right. because if, if you are intimate with somebody who is HIV positive, then they are unclean. And that can, that can be looked down upon, even though there are so many possibilities of keeping yourself safe while having um intimacy with uh someone who is positive um but yeah we sit down and it's like this is when i was last tested this was my results um i plan on getting tested after three weeks if we were to become intimate and um you know i want to know when was the last time you got uh, a test and if it's been a while you know and they've had multiple new partners since then or their partners have had new partners it's all right, hey, let's let's set a date night. Let's go to the clinic and let's go get tested together then. Like, let's, you know, hang out, get tested. You can hold my hand because I am terrified of needles. And uh, yeah, well, you know, there's no reason to, to like uh, make it seem more negative than it has to be. It's, it's just making sure that you are as healthy as you can be and taking care of your partners. It's just another form of like bringing chicken noodle soup when they have got a cold. You know, it's, it's, caring for your partner now now are these tests kind of uh as instant as they can be like you'll find out before you leave or will they send you a letter in the mail and you say well i want to be uh with this person but i gotta wait for the mailman to come <laughs> uh depends on the test um this is kind of where my my uh area of knowledge kind of starts lacking i find um the, the the place that we have here in utah uh they do a pretty much a full screen test and then they will give you a call if anything comes comes positive um and you can call them usually within about a week and just say hey i was there last week here's my you know uh, anonymous number that you gave me when i walked in so you didn't have to refer to me by name and and have that like negative connotation of just like well david you you are you know, tested positive for gonorrhea good luck um no it's it's like all right number you know 
218, come on back. We're, we'll do a blood test. We'll get a urine sample. We'll do a cheek swab, do all this stuff. Um, and then no news is good news. And if you need extra confirmation, you can give them a call and they can mail you the results. So you, like I said, I know intimacy is not the whole picture, but like sure. uh, as far as, you know, like I said, I, I'm not sure of how all this situation works, but like you find someone you know, uh, you know, attractive, you're attracted to, and you say, well, I, there's a chance that I might be intimate with them. Let's go get tested. We get tested. Do you try to hold out until like it's your, everyone's, con uh, confirmed as being negative or does like, is that the, that the plan? And then sometimes you jump the gun type of thing. Um, and then you find out like everyone was negative anyway. So it didn't, it, you didn't have to wait. Um, for me, I, I prefer waiting. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very anxious person, so I'd rather wait for the results. Um, and you know, if, if the test was recent enough for my comfort level, I'll probably just say like, all right, cool. Um, and intimacy doesn't have to be, uh, specifically in a realm that could cause risk. Um, intimacy could, you know, be without, uh, any, uh, genitalia being involved in, in any sense, or you could use extra precautions in, in a sense, you know, instead of, um, trying to keep it more PG than not, but like wearing gloves and, and proper protection, uh, those help, but it, it all depends on comfort level, people's definition of risk and what they, what they want in the end. Do you prefer uh, an emotional intimacy where you're, we're connecting on the intelligent level or whatever, or a physical thing, or is it kind of split one way or the other? It's, you know, or it, it just happens. What I find this person attractive. I'm going to go for, for that person and whatever happens happens. I definitely like having some sort of mental stimulation of, of knowing the person who, who are they? Um, it's, it's not a requirement for me, uh, for me to pursue somebody. I, uh, there was there was a person that I was like, oh my gosh, you, they are so attractive. And then the moment that they opened their mouth, I was like, the things that you have said are so dumb. I cannot, I cannot reconcile this. Um, and I was just like, all right, let me distance myself here. Um, so like, you can still pursue someone based off physical traits. You can pursue someone off of mental and um, you know pure emotional feelings. Um, again, that kind of comes down to person to person. Me personally, I like to have more of a mental connection with somebody. Um, and it has to line up with, uh, you know, a lot of different things for that intimacy to happen. Um, and sometimes it's just like, a, you know what, let's just, let's have fun. Let's just you and me, let's just go in the room let's just have fun. As far as your, your, you and your wife go, do you share partners? Do you kind of, uh, keep them separate? I mean, or if it, like I said, if it happens, you know, that we both are into this same person. Okay, cool. If not, you know, you go see Tom and I'll go see whatever, whoever, you know? Yeah. So, um, in the instance where, um, we had a, a partner living with us, they, they were our girlfriend. Um, we were dating her in, uh, them individually, but it meant that the three of us could hang out and still feel like we're getting intimate time together. Um, watching TV, making food, things along those lines. Um, but no, we the way that we have it is that those relationships are separate and I can communicate 
to their partners, to, to Sue's partners in this case. Um, and I have some pretty great friendships with those people. Um, there's the, the term for like my relationship with my partner's people um, is, is called metamor, or we just shorten it to meta, M-E-T-A. Um, and with that metamor relationship, I can reach out and I can say, hey, hey man, it's, it's really great to see you. I hope you're doing well. Uh, well, what have you been up to lately? I haven't feel like I've talked to you in a while. Um, and there are some relationships that like with my metas, that's like, mm, I don't need to talk to you right now. I'm not a big fan. Um, I'm happy that the two of you are together, but just like you and me, we don't get along, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and you know, there, there are some people that are just like, oh my gosh, I love this person so much. I'm so happy for you. Maybe I'll pursue this relationship as well. If, if that goes anywhere. But um, again, it's just all about the open communication with with Sue and saying, hey, this is where what I'm feeling about your partner. Um, I, I want to ask them out on a date. And that, that does kind of come to like, how do you feel about that? But it doesn't turn into a, is this allowed? It's just tell me your thoughts, tell me your feelings. So when you are not normally um, sharing a partner, like do you... Uh... I mean, I think you said you like you said I'm going to be in the basement tonight, or I'm going to be mm-hmm. in the living room. Um, when you first start, either you or Sue find a find a partner. Do you try to stay away from uh, each other, saying that hey, I'm going to be here, give us time, or uh, is it more of a you know, this is where we're going to be. I'm not you know saying that you can't be here, but I like kind of prefer if we had some alone time. Uh, I mean, how's that? type of situation work most of the time like we're, we're pretty chill the two of us of just like hey um bringing my date over um and it's like cool are intimate moments going to be planned yes i will probably put on my noise canceling headphones then um i will give you space there are times where it's like hey i'd really like the space to myself and my my date is there any way that you could also schedule a date with one of your people outside of the house um it Google calendars is is like a, a polyamorous best friend because then it's like, okay, so I can see Sue, you've got this and uh, Mike over there, you've got this. Um, so can you guys do something on that day and I can do a, have a date on that same day? Are we good? We're all, we're all good here. Um, so it's, there are definitely times where it's like, Hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be in my house. This is where I live. Um, I will give you guys space if you guys want want like the TV. I will go do something else if you guys want to be downstairs. Whatever, right? Like the, the uh, there are accommodations, and there are sometimes where it's just like, no, I don't need to hear that. And when when uh, usually the beginning of that relationship period with Sue, it's like you know I don't need I don't need to be here right now. I'm gonna go catch a movie, so I'll go treat myself to a little me date, and I'll go watch a movie or something, and. Um, let them have the space to themselves. It's what I'm feeling is important and what my partner feels like they and their their new partner would feel really uh, comfortable with. Is there still a um, jealousy, I guess, in a way that when if Sue says, I found a new partner, is there like a jealousy or like a grace period of, uh, I'm glad you found somebody, but I don't, really want to see that right now i mean does that happen often still happen i mean what's sure uh we've been almost practicing polyamory for almost 10 years now as as crazy as that is um 
And yeah, jealousy and envy are still something that I combat, even with these long-term partners that I see every now and again, um, because there are times where it's like, everyone's getting time with my partner, but me. Um, there are moments of, I will hear something personal and it's like, oh my gosh, that's the only thing that you want for the rest of your life. Why are you even with me? Because that's not something that I can provide. It's it's hard and it's scary and it's really frustrating. And when there's a new person involved, um, when you're in a new relationship, it is scientifically proven that your brain is firing so many chemicals that you your brain is on crack, 100%. Like they are analogous with each other in experience. Um, and that new relationship energy or NRE as, as it's called, um, is terrifying and it's frustrating because, because of that, you're constantly wanting to get a fix. You're constantly wanting to like, when am I going to see this person again? This person's really great. We should buy a house together. Oh my gosh, this person's fantastic. You know, it's, and it's, it's terrifying because there are times where you think, am I still good enough for Sue? Am I still, uh, the reason that makes them smile first thing in the morning, as they used to tell me when we first got married, like, I, I don't hear these things anymore. But again, they are on crack. They don't know what they're talking about. And eventually, over time, that new relationship energy will dwindle out. It might take a little bit of time. Um, and it's it, it can be really scary. And that's why, as a polyamorous person, you have to have those open conversations of saying, hey, I am feeling really neglected. I love you. And I'm really happy that, for you that you are getting this. Um but at the same time, I need some time devoted to me. I need time where we don't talk about, I don't know, Sue 2.0 or something. Um, I'm having a hard time drawing names. Um, so, you know, you're, you're now dating Becky and that's really great. And I'm really excited for you. But can we just not talk about Becky for the evening? Can we talk about us and what we want to do for the rest of the week? And can we just have a date night, you and me? Um, and like there, there's a flip side to that as well, where there's that kind of concern and there's that jealousy. There's that feeling of compersion as well. Compersion meaning like I am, I am getting joy off of your experiences. Um, so when someone wins the the touchdown uh, at the football game, like everyone's really excited. Why? Because someone else did something. That's compersion more or less. Um, and that compersion. Is, is just satisfaction with the other person. And so sometimes hearing about these really cute stories of like, oh my gosh, so she took me to the, to the museum and with, with her art degree, she told me about all these different pieces and their significance and it was really great. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's so great. That sounds like so much fun. I hope that you had a blast because that sounds like a blast. Um, that compersion is really helpful, but it, it takes a while for, for that jealousy to really subside and allow yourself to feel happy for your partners and not feel super threatened some days. Um, now is there, do you, do you and Sue set aside, a, a like a time frame? like, all right, we're, we're with these people and then you're with these people, but for these two or three months, I, it should just be the two of us. No outside, uh, you know, uh, relationships, no dating. I mean, you can talk to those people as a friend, but nothing uh, of any type of intimacy that's uh, going to take away from the, the two of us, what we have together. We don't do that. I have heard about that and kind of our opinion on, or at least my opinion is that that's kind of crappy because, you know, let's say I'm dating Becky and I'm, and I'm in my relationship with Sue and Becky and I are, we're, things are going really great. We're having a great time. 
our relationship's really strong, but Sue is not feeling it right now. Like Sue's relationship with me is, is feeling pretty weak. If we were to say for the next little while, I'm only involved with Sue, essentially I have to break up with Becky. That's not fair to Becky at all. Right. Um, there, there are situations in, in polyamory where that might be the case, where um, there's a hierarchy of partners where, okay, because I live with Sue and because I am legally married to Sue, Sue gets priority. If Sue calls, I, I'm dropping everything. Um, and, and that's not the way that Sue and I do our relationship. Our, our relationship is based on who's nearby, who's close. Um, there, there's, a, there's just a, a moment of like, all right, I can't do anything for you right now. So you have, you have my attention as much as I can give, but I also still have other people I need to take care of. Again, if you're like, if you are a parent, you're not going to drop everything because like one child is is doing a little bit better in in school than the others like you have to split your focus across everyone and it's not fair to just focus solely on one person because maybe maybe they're a little under the weather and yeah so maybe i'll cancel a date night with becky to take care of sue but that means for becky i need to make up for that time with, with becky um so I, I try to avoid that hierarchy because that's just unfair to my other partners now, what happens if, um, and I don't know if this actually happened or not, but Sue said, all right, um, I was happy with this arrangement before, but now I, I, I only want to be exclusive. It's only want to, I only want to be with you and me. Um, let's end all this extra stuff. Um, is that something you would say, you know, would you agree to, or would you say, well, that's not what we agreed to when we, when we started this relationship. So it's everybody or nobody um it's hard because like for right instance right now um about a couple months ago i had to end a relationship with uh, one of my partners and so right now i don't have any other relationships outside of my wife there are a few people that i'm constantly flirting with and it's it's really exciting and that's fun but um so so for all intents and purposes i am a monogamous person by definition uh, in a relationship with a polyamorous person. And if Sue came up to me and said, hey, I, I want to be solely monogamous from here on out, I, I, I would probably say, okay, cool. You know, like, let's revisit this. We're ever-changing people. Um, what you feel today is probably not what you're going to feel tomorrow. Let's, you know, let's talk about it again over and over again. And um, let's see, let's make sure that that continues. Uh, you know, if I'm not dating anybody, I don't need to pursue anybody for a little while. Um, but if I am dating somebody, I would probably say, listen, Sue, I, I love you. I want you to be in my life and I want to be in your life. Um, I can promise that I won't actively pursue anyone, but I'm not going to break up a relationship for you. Makes sense. Um, now what about like when it comes to arguing, um, is being in your type of situation, you argue more uh, because I know myself, my wife and I, we argue constantly. I, I think we're both in the strong headed uh, aspect of up, upbringing and neither one of us wants to give in. And actually before our last episode, we were arguing pretty heavily about something dumb. And yeah. I almost called off the episode just because I, I didn't want to, take away from what we were talking about because 10 minutes ago I was arguing about the garage and how it didn't sure. work. And, you know, you call the repairman. No, you call the repairman, which I did. And he came in and he said, uh, 
your your garage is too old and it's heavy and it's wood. I can't do anything about it. Sucks but, uh, to suck. <laughs> yeah. So now I think I got to call a different repairman and say they can give me a better answer. But, yeah. Uh, like, does that come up where like Sue will just just be so angry and say, "Well, if it wasn't for Becky, we wouldn't be in this situation." I mean, do you do you find yourself arguing more, or I mean, it's like everybody you argue sometimes, and sometimes you get along. Um, I would say most of the time we we get along. In the early days, um. The arguments were being were more directed about my personal feelings in the situation. It was me wanting to feel more validated, more necessary. Um, the arguments that we have aren't necessarily revolving around what our experiences with somebody else, because again, those relationships are are outside of our relationship. Um, they shouldn't have a negative effect on what Sue and I do if I'm dating Becky. Um, so, but there is definitely like, hey, I'm I'm not going to come home tonight. You're going to have to make dinner for yourself. That could be frustrating. Sure, you know, maybe there was an expectation that, oh, we might have the night together. We didn't have anything planned, but maybe that'll be fun. And that's why, again, Google Calendars is your best friend because then you're like, no, this Tuesday night was my night with Becky. All right, and then Wednesday night is the night with you, and then Thursday night is me night, and then Friday night, well, that's that's the orgy night. We'll 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 work that out later. Um, also just because you're in polyamorous doesn't necessarily, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have like awesome orgies or anything along those lines. Like, um, your partners don't need to interact with each other. Just, um, just mediocre ones, you know, how <laughs> we're watching yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't feel like we in our relationship have, have arguments about our other relationships. I've definitely had very big concerns and big fears about a relation, my relationship to the point where I needed to like, hey, would you come visit uh, me with my therapist and we can talk this out? Like I've gotten to that level where I legit thought this relationship was going to end with Sue because Sue was dating this really awesome guy and he's he is a really awesome guy. And he was just hitting all of these check boxes that I just couldn't. and our arguments weren't about how awesome this guy was or the effect that he, he was having on our relationship. It was, I'm scared you're going to leave me. This new relationship energy is scaring the crap out of me. I need more from you right now. I need more reassurance. I need more support. I need more emotional labor. I need all of this stuff to happen. Um, you, you still have this relationship and you still need to fulfill that relationship. But... I need a little bit of extra support right now. Now, how about when you're when you're looking at partners, you try to um I know things happen, but like do you try to look some for someone who's similar to Sue or like complete opposite of Sue? I mean, I mean, are you trying to fill gaps or you know, I already like this, so I I'm sure I'm going to like that as well. It kind of comes down to like you're never going to date the same person twice in, in an instance. Um, I, I, I don't actively look for somebody who's going to fill in a checklist. I, I am actively looking for somebody who makes me laugh, somebody who um, I, I find aesthetically pleasing in some fashion. And usually if they're making me laugh, the, the latter is going to come a lot easier for me. Um, but I'm never looking for like, well, Sue doesn't go to an extreme. Uh, Sue doesn't like feet stuff, you know. 
right? Um, I mean, so I need to find now? some. What? What's that? <laughs> I, I said, who doesn't like feet stuff? <laughs> I, it is the it is the number one most popular kink in the world. So yeah, um, but like I'm never going to actively go out and be like, hey, do you like? Do you are you into this? Do you like these things? Do you? Uh, Sue does not like to watch movies. Sue would rather watch a TV show. And I love movies. Movies are great. I think there's some really great things that you can experience in a movie. So I'm never going to like actively go out and like, hey, do you like movies? Hey, we should go. If you like movies, then let's start a relationship together, right? Um, it's kind of the, I want to build a relationship with this person. And oh my gosh, you really like movies. So do I. Let's, you know, that's just something else to compound to the, the already uh, blooming relationship that I might have with Becky. Um, and it's, it's hard to say when it's like, well, you know, this is what, what Sue is like with, with Sue. Like I have everything I want with Sue. And sometimes I need somebody who's going to be, be more, I don't know, aloof at times and not someone who is just so constant, like, no, it has to be this way. Cause as much as I love Sue, Sue is very pedantic when, when they want to be. Now. Was there a uh, a pre Sue? I mean, were, have you said you were with her doing this for ten years? That <laughs> was Sue your first uh, uh, steady partner while doing polygamy at the same time, or is she kind of the first one to um, uh, agree to this lifestyle? Um, so it was actually Sue's idea. Um, we are high school sweethearts. Uh, we started dating in high school. Um, I, I was in other relationships before Sue. Um, I was the I was in a long distance relationship, and I I was dating a few other people. Um, and it was it was Sue and a couple friends that we were all just hanging out, and we were they were talking about their experiences as polyamorous people. Um, polygamy is very different. Again, um, like I said, I'm sorry. I I, I I know they're different, but I I, I get lost in which word i need to use so you're, it's you're totally fine just just keeping you in check um and you know we we read books and we discussed it and i had a lot of reservations um but yeah sue and i we uh i think we started practicing before we got married yeah technically technically if we wanted to get into the minutia of it yes we were we were practicing polyamory before we got married and then <laughs> it was really funny because there was uh there was this couple that we were hanging out with and spending time with and we're like hey we're going to be bringing a lot of family and they're very very conservative we would be we would appreciate it if you kind of kept that on the DL and he comes up and like oh what what do you mean you don't want me going up to your mother and saying hi hi mrs david i'm i'm so and so and i'm sleeping with not only the groom but also the bride so when when sue brought this up uh, about going uh, in this lifestyle, were you shocked? Were you glad? Did you know it was coming? I mean, did you kind of hint around with it? And she said, "Well, if you're serious in it, let's 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 follow through with this." So the first time that they brought it up, I did not react positively, and you know, uh, kind of wearing wearing my shame publicly in this instance of just I did not react positively. I was angry and I chewed them out and I and I yelled at Sue and. I thought it was an inappropriate offer. Fast forward a couple of years later um, and being more open-minded and trying to broaden my horizons. I was like, all right, let's, let's talk about it. Let's read these things. Let's, let's figure out what's going on here. Um, and it just, it, 
over time, it, it was something that, um, as, as regretfully as I acted, we, we came to an understanding. We, we did set up what, uh, what some people would do is set rules at the beginning. Now it's, it's just kind of like, Hey, checking, checking in and whatnot. And a few things that are, that we, that I've already talked about, but like, I didn't want to know what intimacy was like with this other person. Like that was not something that I was comfortable with. Now, 10 years later, I was like, yes, tell me all the dirty details. This sounds like fun. Um, but yeah, at, at the beginning, um, the very first time that Sue mentioned it, I regretfully acted immaturely and selfish. And I'm very grateful that they gave me another another chance and another opportunity to continue the relationship because it was important to them. And, and they, they wanted to see the relationship grow with other people. So I guess at first you thought like you... Uh weren't enough for her and so you're not even you're just dating and you're not already you're already not enough for her she's mm -hmm. already looking for new people that's kind of how you maybe took it at first and then you realize 100%. that um it's not that she's trying to replace you it's just that we're trying to fulfill all of our needs and not you know be uh uh, uh cheating or uh be a infidel word i'm looking Infid for practicing infidelity yeah. yes there we go <laughs> um no you're, you 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 hit it on the head there like um it's not about um it's not about just having sex with a bunch of different people it's not about having you know lured affairs um it's it's about having some sort of connection with somebody else that um you can connect with in different ways um as as much as i i, I love my partner my partner doesn't want to do as much podcasting as i love doing podcasting um, I keep like, Hey, we should do this as a podcast. Hey, we should do that as a podcast. No, no, no. But you know, there's somebody that I, that I have a crush on right now that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I really enjoy talking to this person. I really like talking to them. And you know, maybe, maybe we can do some of these activities together. And like, they already do their own audio work. And so like, Oh, cool. That could be something else that we do together. Um, it's, it's like I said, it's not about looking for somebody who has that trait. It's about finding somebody and then realizing, oh my gosh, you also have this trait. That's something else we have in common. Um, yeah, I, I always try to get the wife on here, but she says, actually, before I started this, she said, I want nothing to do with this. And <laughs> um, she's like, I don't want you talking about me, where I work. I, and like I said, I, I tell people, look, I don't tell people exactly what I do. I'll say I'm in manufacturing, which is true. She works at a liquor store, but that's that's as far as we'll go. Um, I, I know plenty of people who got fired or whatever, because they don't know how to keep their mouth shut. And they said, well, this is where I work and they do this, which I, I can never understand why people, you know, HR and that or whatnot are going to be looking at your Facebook page, going to be looking at your Instagram. So sure. why are you actively saying the company I work for is terrible? I hate them. So this is what I'm going to be doing while on the clock. Yeah. I, I that baffles me. But, sure. Yeah, no, I get you. But I have convinced her a couple times to come on. I said, look, I need to put out an episode tomorrow. Here's a mic. You talk when I uh, ask you questions, and then I'll do all <laughs> the rest of it. So <laughs> she's, she's gone to come on a couple times, and, uh, you know, uh, she, I think she's had fun. She's like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, but she still doesn't actively come on here, you know? I, yeah. Like I said, I think she's been on two episodes. One of the episodes oh. we were talking about, 90 Day Fiance. 
which <laughs> I've uh, I can't Not get enough show? of. No, I'm saying I can't get enough of that show. I'm behind <laughs> in episodes, but I I watch all the spinoffs. You know, whether it be before, whether it be uh, the other way, and even some of the other ones of like Mama's Boy and Smothered and all those. I that's when I go into work Monday. It's hey, did you see last episode of Nine Today? No, I didn't. I wait till Monday. The wife and I watch it together, and we are appalled and like, oh, what is Brittany doing here? She doesn't need to be with Gazan or ah, uh, uh, look, Michael. Michael is at it again. You know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Um, I I, I want to add like polyamory isn't isn't for everyone. Like, it, you don't have to actively go out and seek polyamory. There are aspects of polyamory that I think are really good. One of the aspects is that you do not need to do everything with your partner. Um, my boss, uh, he is he's in this relationship and he goes, yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I kind of want to just go to California for a week, but I just kind of want to go by myself and I, and I can't. Um, there, he's in a monogamous relationship with his partner and he just wants to spend some time alone and he doesn't get that. And I think, you know, distance does make the heart grow fonder. Go out, have a weekend to yourself. That's totally fine. Um, that's an aspect that I think every relationship deserves. But at the same time, again, it depends on your relationship. It depends on who you are. Um, if monogamy works for you, awesome. If it's not working for you, you better have a hard talk with yourself and then any partner you have henceforth. Because as I talk to people that I have like an interest in dating, I'm 100% upfront with them of saying, I'm polyamorous. You know, this is this is what it is. Feel free to ask me any questions if you don't know. And Utah is kind of a, a scary place to do that again because it's a right to work state. And um, some people will just kind of like judge you immediately. But at the end of it, most of the time, it's like, all right, cool. My one of my last relationships, uh, she was not polyamorous when I was kind of flirting with her. She was single. And I was like, hey, you know, let's hang out. Let's I don't know. Let's let's talk. Let's have lunch together sometime. And by me just being open about my polyamory, it drew questions in for them. And then we were able to start dating while I was still in a relationship with Sue. Now, I know we talked about this before we started recording, but um, how um, do most people treat your your lifestyle as positive or do you get a lot of negative saying, oh, you're you're an adulterer or you're you're scum or whatever you know do you get a lot of that or do you find most people uh, accept it i would say most people under the age of 40 are are pretty accepting um any higher than that and then they'll give you that kind of inquisitive look um uh most of my coworkers, uh they know that i that i am poly and they will be really like upfront, like, oh, how's how's this partner? How's that partner? Um, yeah, well, I heard you you broke up with the that person. Are you doing okay? Um, and they they treat it just like any other relationship. Like, how how are how are you and your wife doing? You know, that's a common question that's going to be asked. Um, there are definitely some older people, and I and I I try to keep it up away from upper management because they that's not what they need to know me by. Um, but there was one person I worked with, and for Christmas dinner. Uh, that we, you know, we would all go out to a restaurant. He would be like, oh, well, David over here, you need to make sure that he has extra plates because all of these other reasons. And I was like, damn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, like, calm down. Like, don't, you don't need to advertise this. I am not actively advertising this. I keep this to myself more or less until it becomes pertinent. 
Um, I'm not sitting there like, all right, day one, here I am, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else in between. I'm Polly. It's, hey, I'm David. Uh, it's a pleasure to work with you. Oh, yeah, that happened to one of my partners. And then they can ask questions if they want to or not. And we can just move on. Um, and then, yeah, that same person called me an adulterer straight to my face. And I was like, well, dang, that's... um." That's a that's a strong Those feeling. Some strong words. <laughs> yeah. And like it doesn't mean anything to me because they they weren't in a position to like fire me or anything along those lines. But it it was it was like, all right, cool. I also recognize that I am in a position of privilege as being a white man um in any field where people are going to tolerate me and my my uh, strange life more than most. Um so I I do want to clarify like I know that other people probably wouldn't have that same luxury that I do. Um, I definitely recognize my privilege and it's a, it's privilege for sure, because I can imagine that some people would be like, all right, well, if you're polyamorous, that means you want to have sex with everybody and we can't have that. Um, but yeah, no, most of my, most of my, the people in my life are uh, really, really chill about it. I, my, my wife Sue went on a vacation to go visit uh, a longtime boyfriend uh, in Canada for a little while. And uh, we had shortly, we had just gotten married and it had been like three or four months after we got married. Uh, Sue goes and flies up to Canada and is posting pictures on social media about it. And my mother calls me and it's like, I don't, I don't understand. Why didn't you go with Sue to Canada? I was like, well, I, I didn't need to go to Canada. And plus I have work and my job doesn't have as much time off as, as Sue's work does. And well, that's just not, that's just not, normal for a relationship to to go on vacation without each other and i stopped and i said well we're not a normal relationship mother and like i could i could i could hear the gears turning in my mother's head of like do i want to have any follow-up questions to this and then my mother dropped it and never spoke about it again <laughs> so was that something you brought up to your parents and sue's parents of this is the lifestyle we're going to leave uh live leave live and you know you know i i want your support but if you say no it's still it's still gonna happen so you know your support is definitely wanted but it's not needed um is that something you went ahead and both of your parents knew about this or was it like oh uh Frank said that they saw sue with you know tom and i thought you two were you just got married so what's the to deal with that i have never actively come out to to my parents um i don't have the best relationship with them um i'm pretty sure that if they listen to any of my podcasts they would go oh my gosh there's this is a completely different person that we raised um and uh i, I think i've told one sibling um i was i was talking to one of my one of uh one of my co-hosts for a different podcast and I was like, holy crap, my eldest sister just said that they were listening to the latest episode and I actively said that I'm Polly. So I guess she knows now. <laughs> um, and like, maybe she doesn't know the terms. Maybe she doesn't care. Like, whatever. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I'm not worried about having that conversation. Um, I know that with my in-laws, my sisters, my sister-in-laws, excuse me, um, they both know. I, I don't know about my, my father-in-law or my mother-in-law. If they know, they know. That's fine. Um, they don't communicate with my parents, so that's even better. Um, our our relationship with our parents is not great, so I I've never had that conversation. I don't see a need to have the conversation. 
with my parents. Um, but yeah, no, it is what it is. So you're not you're not trying to actively hide it, but if it comes out and they ask you, you know, yeah, that's 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 how it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, if if my mother did decide to ask me any questions about it, um, I'd probably screen the call first and foremost. But then I would like, all right, yeah, let's let's have this conversation. Yes, this is uh, this is the way that I've been living my life for the past ten years. These are the people that I'm uh, I I am in a relationship with, and you're gonna have to deal with it because again, it's it's my body, it's not yours. So did you get those uh, texts or whatever when Sue was in Canada saying, hey, uh, Sue is with uh, this guy. Um, I I just wanted you to know I don't want to start trouble, but I I saw them and they were hugging or whatever. And um, uh, I I don't know what's going on with you two. I have yet to get a, a response like that of like, I saw Sue with this other person. What the crap was that about? Um, I... I have yet to get one of those as as small as as Salt Lake City is in Utah. It's not that small. Um, and I live a very introverted lifestyle. So most most of the time when I'm spending time with people, it is at somebody's house uh, and instead of like, let's go out. Let's go to the mall. Let's, you know, I go to the movies and that's a night out for me. That's too much some days. Um Heck, I went to the doctor's office earlier today and like the number of people in there was like, oh my gosh, this is too much. You know, with COVID and my anxiety, I can't do this. Um, so yeah, I've yet to get that. I know that there are people who have gotten that conversation. Um, and it, it has led to some awkward, awkward conversations. Um, and maybe it was like, you know, a church member saw saw your wife with with uh, Bill down the street. What was that about? They seemed really comfortable with each other because they don't want to use, you know, really bad, you know, really strong words. Um, and you know, there's, there's two ways of playing, you know, playing it of just like blowing it off or addressing it. And if you blow it off, you might as well have fun with it. Like what? I need to go have a conversation with Bill right now. She did what with who? (laughs) This might be a silly question, but, uh, so like I said, I was looking for guests for for the show, and I, I pretty much instantaneously I put up for Dungeons and Dragons and for alternative relationships, <laughs> and I, uh, I it took me a little bit to realize that it was the same. You were the same person that, that responded mm-hmm. to both of those, because uh, I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? <laughs> like this, I, I thought this was the D and D section, but it says up top about alternative. As a, and then I was like, the light bulb, it's the same person. <laughs> so yeah. um, it, is that something that's in the D&D community or is that just a uh, coincidence that you're into both, you know? <laughs> Definitely coincidence. Um, there, there's a joke about, you know, how else do you get a D&D campaign to actually work? You, you date everybody. Um, and right now, one of the campaigns that I am, I am legit running is my wife and all of their partners. Um, so, you know, it's like, all right, we all hop onto zoom and we're, let's play a game of D and D for a little while. And, um, and it's like, all right, you know, Hey, I really like you guys. Let's, let's do this together. This is a lot of fun. Um, on Dungeons and Chill, I had a relationship with one of the players, um, and that did end. Fortunately, we were able to end things on a positive way. So we were able to continue our partnership through the podcast. We're not in like, we're best friends and we still hang out kind of thing, but it's like, yeah, we, we work well together. We have fun. Like we don't need to reminisce about the good old days, but 
because it didn't end well. That relationship did not end well. Um, but yeah, it's everything is going fine now, and we're still able to to work together. And again, just because we're poly doesn't necessarily mean that we can immediately go back to being friends. It's it took us some time. We 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 went on a hiatus for a reason on Dungeons and Chill. Now, when uh you knew you and this other partner were ending or ended. Did you, uh, as a DM, did you say, well, I was going to let you live, but <laughs> I think I'm going to, you're, you're going to die horribly. You know, I got, a, I got a natural 20. It does not matter. You still die. <laughs> let me check the numbers again. Yep. Still nat 20. I, uh, I, I've rolled three twenties in a roll against you. I'm so sorry. Um, no, there has definitely been spiteful moments, especially when editing, because, you know, it's it's like any ex. You can tolerate them for only so long sometimes. And then sometimes when I'm editing, it's like, all right, this episode's going to take me twice as long to edit because I can't I can't do this right now. Um, but I try to be a fair DM and, and, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. I will admit that early stages of the relationship, I would probably be more in favor of their actions. But now I just treat them like an everyday player uh, player. Um, and something I, I should have should have asked on the D and D episode, but is there any type of competitive scene in D and D, or is it all social? You can get together and you have a fun time. You can definitely have those players who are competitive. Um, I really don't like those players uh, who want to like play against somebody else in the sense of like a player versus a player. Um, because then it's not the cohesion, it's not the team unit, and that's what I really strive for. You can still have like really wonderful moments with one-on-one situations, um, and you can you can still make sure that everyone's involved. But at the same time, if 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 it's not about the team and it's not about the unit moving forward, then I don't I don't enjoy it as much if you're just there to pick a fight with somebody else at the table. I was actually referring to any like uh like regional events. Like this is the Oh, my bad. Well, no, it's a, I mean that was a, a good point too, but like do, do you say well this weekend is, you know, D&D 5 and this team is playing against this team or is it all just social like in your own uh your own network? Uh there are definitely um I forgot what the name is. But there have been in the past where um conventions will put together like a a D game where um you have a bunch of dms they've all read the same material and you just sit at a table and you play that section um and like maybe you move the t- the people around at the table like um oh here i got late i can't sit with my regular t- with the table that i was at let me sit with these other adventures because they're going through the exact same storyline um I think of what the name is but yeah there is it, it, there is get-togethers where um, some companies will write their own campaign. Some groups will pick up a book that's uh, pre-written and do a, um, like, every, every DM now knows, okay, you're all going on this campaign together. So at 3 o'clock, we have to achieve these goals. Um, so, yeah, there, there are definitely, like, national get-togethers. But, again, it's not really competitive. I mean, is it kind of like a by uh, applause you know who had the better uh campaign was it person a was it person b or team a team b type of thing or uh in the old days with D, there definitely was um gary gygax designed a a dungeon that is called the tomb of horrors and it is notoriously hard and like there are no clues like 
if you walk up to the store and you accidentally cut it, it will start filling the room with blood. And the only way that you can stop it is if you cast a, a healing spell on it. But if you cast resurrection on it, then an angel will come out and like, how was I supposed to know to cast resurrection on it? Most DMs will like give you like really broad hints to let you know about something. Um, but yeah, there there are times where it's like, you guys succeeded first. You leveled up the most. Um, but those aren't as common these days. Yeah, because I um I bring up the fact that uh I play cornhole like yeah two or three times a week and uh, like up until like a couple months ago people were like I thought that's only something you did at you know uh at barbecues at, at just like going together like you're you're at a uh you're at a concert getting ready to go in and you know there, someone breaks out boards so I was like no there's a highly competitive scene where actually. Uh, I just came back from a regional section. So there was uh, 80 plus people and three different like tier levels of difficulty of, um, you know, whether you're tier two, tier three, or tier uh, you know, two, three, and four. Uh, that's kind of how it is. And I spent, since July, I, I think I spent $800 just in bags. Wow. Yeah, it's... Wow. Uh, and, and, I, again, I can't talk with with all of my D and D accoutrement. So, like, unlike like bowling or I'm assuming darts or like uh, pool, like I know like people have their this is my initial ball or cue or racket or whatever. But this shot calls for this cue or ball or whatever. It doesn't make mm-hmm. a difference. But yeah. in cornhole, what set you start with? There's there's four bags. Uh, you have to start and finish the game with it. So there's no like. In this situation, I should use these bags. Uh, there's no switching. Like once you start a match, you mm-hmm. had to play until the end with those, unless they break, and that's a different story. But yeah, my like I'm starting to get to the point where like I only play with like two sets. These other seven sets or whatever, I trying to sell or trade, and mm-hmm. with, which is another weird thing to like. There's like Facebook groups and like people course, are yeah. constantly like, I got these bags. These are, I want to trade these or I want to sell these type of thing. And even when you go to these different tournaments and events, there's all kind of wheeling and dealing of, I mm. have these. Do you want these? I'll trade you for those. I can't get those, you know, uh, especially with COVID. A lot of the companies are uh, greatly reduced in their numbers that they can produce. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because the the wife said to me we were in a in a, in a line and she looked at the bank account and she goes, "Hey, what's this charge from this cornhole company?" And then she's like, "Oh wait, never mind. I know what that is." Right? So <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you just told on yourself." And actually, yeah. that package came today, and like that company did not hide who they are. It says you know <laughs> eight pounds from Titan. I'm like, "Yep, I know exactly what's in this bag." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, look, D&D has kind of that similar, like, dice. Dice is the number one thing that people, most people cannot get enough of. Um, I, I even have started practicing making my own dice from scratch. Um, and there are some really great companies that you can sell, you can buy dice from. If, if you gave me two minutes, I could go around and collect a crap ton of dice that more than you would ever really need. Uh, but right, right off the, my, my desk, I've got my little dice box with actual metal dice in them. Um, they're from Die Hard Dice, and they are Captain America-themed dice, and Captain America is one of my favorites. So I, 
I love them. They're great. They were a great gift for my partner. I have rainbow dice. I have brass dice. I have frozen ice dice. So they have kind of a frost tint to them. I have regular dice that aren't fancy at all. I have really fancy dice. One day, there's a company that has um, mammoth tusk dice. And that's something that I really want. It's not going to do anything different. It's not going to do anything strange. Um, But I really want some some mammoth tusk dice. That sounds awesome. So will you break out different sets depending on what campaign you're you're running? You're like, well, this is this campaign. I think these dice would work perfectly for that. Or do you kind of like whatever whatever you grab and go is what you'll play with that day? When I'm DMing, it's usually kind of whatever. Um, sometimes if there's a playing character that I'm like, Yes, I am going to be this awesome barbarian character who use wields a trident. I might try and find like something that's black and, and gold. Um, a friend of mine is playing um, this uh, Genasi rogue. So it's a red-skinned fire elemental creature. So she has clear dice with red flakes in it and kind of a, a glittery silver and gold on the numbers. And some people will use the same dice over and over again. Some people will just collect dice to collect dice and um, I, I like the idea of getting dice specifically for a theme of a character. I, when I was playing my bird character uh, that I mentioned on the D&D episode, I bought this really cool black die that when it caught the light, it had a blue shimmer, kind of like a crow's feather, where it has that, that kind of uh, shimmer on it. And, and Sue, when, when Sue looked at it, they're like, oh, that's Spider-Man 2099, right? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but <laughs> no. But now I got to play Spider-Man 2099 with these dice. Before we uh, we sign off, uh, remind the people where they can find you. Uh, man, you can find me at so many different places. Uh, if you want Dungeons & Dragons, you can find me at uh, Dungeons & Chill on any, most podcast places. Dungeons & Chill on Twitter. Um, if you like comic books, Comic Trades Monthly is my uh, comic podcast. If you like cosplay, Cosplay Stitch & Scene is my cosplay podcast. Um, but yeah, most likely if you want to get in contact with me, reach out to my Instagram at the crest sphinx. But, uh, where does that name come from? I saw that. And then is that in the D and D realm? Is that something you've come up with? I came up with it as a gamer tag when I was like 10 years old and it's just been with me ever since. Um, I get a lot of, uh, sphinx jokes. I get a lot of crest toothpaste jokes about it. But at this point, like it, it is what it is, and that's, that's where I'm staying. It's worked for so many years. Why change now? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, David, I want to thank you for coming on again and sharing your uh, lifestyle choice. And uh, you're always welcome to back on the show. Uh, thank you. I'll, I'll send you invites whenever I'm doing another show. Uh, like I said, you're I, I consider you family now. Oh, thank you, man. That's that's really great. I I have a great time being here. You ask great questions, and it's always it's always fun to like help other people, and not just you, but like your audience as well. Like, hey, you know, D and D's awesome. You should learn more about it. Polyamory is really hard. You should probably learn more about it too, because a lot of people are practicing it. All right. So, like I said, uh, thank you again, and uh, goodbye, everybody. You have been listening to Firing Synapses with Matt Hamity. I want to thank everyone who listened to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, 
please share it with your friends. Also, feel free to send all questions, comments, constructive criticisms, and new topics to mhamityphoto at gmail.com. That's M-H-A-M-I-D-Y photo at gmail.com. It just may end up on a future episode. If you would also like to help the show, you can follow me on all your social media platforms, which includes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it's still free. Otherwise, goodbye, everybody.